Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. It was Charles Horton Cooley who said, When one ceases from conflict, whether because he has won, because he has lost, or because he cares no more for the game, the virtue passes out of him. There are three concepts here that represent an unusual juxtaposition, conflict, the game, and virtue. Robert Lynn said, No doubt there are other important things in life besides conflict, but there are not many other things so inevitably interesting. The very saints interest us most when we think of them as engaged in a conflict with the devil. Conflict can certainly be interesting either as a participant or as an observer, but the game and its relationship to virtue may be even more interesting. The game must first offer real and present win-lose possibilities. If it doesn't, the virtue passes out of you. More to the point, an immediate possibility of losing is the key to virtue. Here, virtue is doing what is right and avoiding what is wrong. The virtuous person pursues winning while doing only what is right. Conflict is then, not the tension between winning and losing. Rather, it's the responsibility of right versus the risk of wrong. The truly fatal risk is not losing. It's succumbing to the temptation to sacrifice one's virtue on the altar of success. It's tempting to put forth a few moral pronouncements about right and wrong. But it's your call. The take-home point is simply that, if you are a virtuous person, you know what's right and understand what's wrong. The game, for you, is doing what's right and avoiding what's wrong, while playing to win, every time. To do otherwise is to let the virtue pass out of you. Elvis Presley said, when your intelligence don't tell you something ain't right, your conscience gives you a tap on the shoulder and says hold on. If it don't, you're a snake. As one might expect. Carl Jung expressed Presley's folk wisdom in somewhat more formal language. But the idea is the same, through pride we are ever deceiving ourselves. But deep down below the surface of the average conscience a still, small voice says to us, something is out of tune. Christopher Eve also heard that inner voice, I think we all have a little voice inside us that will guide us. It may be God, I don't know. But I think that if we shut out all the noise and clutter from our lives and listen to that voice, it will tell us the right thing to do. The recurring belief is that the voice of conscience is ever-present and far less fallible than the voice of reason. For example, Josh Billings asserted, reason often makes mistakes but conscience never does. Jean-Jacques Rousseau made the same point this way, reason deceives us often. Conscience never. Although stated less dogmatically, Joseph Cook agreed with Billings and Rousseau, conscience is our magnetic compass, reason our chart. Unfortunately, that little voice may not be quite the totally reliable key to recognizing the good and right some say it is. Samuel Butler pointed out, conscience is thoroughly well-bred and soon leaves off talking to those who do not wish to hear it. As it turns out, conscience has an attitude. If you don't pay attention to it, it may just stop paying attention to you. Were that not problem enough, what conscience is saying isn't always clear. You can listen and still struggle to understand. As William Dean Howells pointed out, the difficulty is to know conscience from self-interest. Conscience and reason are having a fight. They go back and forth all through the night. It's a right to the nose and a left to the chin. When morning comes, they start over again, 
Reason says that it makes perfect sense. It's trying to nudge you off of the fence. The tug of conscience is hard to abide. It's pulling you hard to the other side. You sway back and forth, first left and then right. Do you do what makes sense or do what seems right? Conscience gives you a pull, then reason a push. If this isn't resolved, you'll be dumped on your touche. Does reason prevail or does the little voice win? Do you take one on the nose or one on the chin? Either way you go, it doesn't feel good. Do you do what makes sense or do what you should? Calm yourself and try to unwind. Take a deep breath and make up your mind. Do you go with what you think or with that little voice? It's up to you. And you live with your choice. H.P. Blavatsky added to the conversation with We cut these numerous windings in our destinies daily with our own hands, while we imagine that we are pursuing a track on the royal high road of respectability and duty, and then complain of those ways being so intricate and so dark. We stand bewildered before the mystery of our own making, and the riddles of life that we will not solve, and then accuse the great sphinx of devouring us. There you go again, daily cutting windings in your destiny with your own hands. You think those windings represent the track along the royal high road of respectability and duty but they don't. As it turns out, they are so intricate and so dark that you become bewildered, unable to handle the mysteries of your own making and the riddles of life. Instead of finding yourself on the royal high road, you are mired down in the mysteries, at a loss as how to solve the riddles. Will you solve the riddles? No. And it's that damn sphinx's fault. It's devouring you. The problem seems to be that you do one thing while imagining that you are doing another. More to the point is that you are trying to cut your own trail instead of sticking to the high road. A wise person once said, we know better than we do. That can be especially true when it comes to sticking to the high road. Sticking to the high road can be quite challenging. Even so, the associated lessons all have two things in common. First, they usually are not particularly complicated. It certainly can sometimes take a while to get it. But once you do get it, the lesson is normally straight up and to the point. Second, and here is the rub, the lessons invariably are a so now you tell me kind of thing. Oh sure, hindsight is 20-20ths, live and learn, no one is perfect, and you are only human. Nonetheless, having learned your lesson is not much consolation once you have already missed important opportunities to stick to the high road. Yes. You may do better the next time, but your chance to get it right the first time has passed and will not return. Much better is to get it right, the first time, on time, every time. It's certainly true that no one is perfect, you are only human, and things only work out just the way you want them to in the movies. Life can be a real bear sometimes, but fortunately, you do not have to take responsibility for life. You are only on the hook for who you are and what you do. Here is a suggestion worth taking to heart. Start with developing a personal style that sets you apart, that lets everyone know that you are a class act. Think about people you know who stand out from the crowd, people who are certifiable class acts. They have three techniques down pat. First, they are originals. Their style and approach with people and situations are their trademarks. Second, they are not on again, off again. They are always uniquely themselves. Third, and here is the key, it is no accident. They usually make it seem easy and natural. But take a closer look and you will soon understand and appreciate how hard they work at it. They consciously and purposely do everything they do, with style, all the time, on purpose, one situation at a time, one person at a time. Our conversation would not be complete without wise input from Aristotle. Excellence is an art won by training and habituation. 
We do not act rightly because we have virtue or excellence, but rather we have those because we have acted rightly. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act but a habit. The idea that excellence is a product of training isn't surprising. Athletes, musicians, and those who achieve preeminence in other areas requiring superior personal performance are well aware of the necessity and value of continuous training. The point that may not be as obvious is that training and habituation are prerequisites for areas of excellence beyond developing physical skills and individual talents. They are necessary for emotional excellence, moral excellence, interpersonal excellence, as well as intellectual excellence. The point that may be even less obvious is that Aristotle also said that training and habituation are prerequisite to virtue. People have the capacity to be virtuous but become virtuous people only through training and habitually acting rightly. One becomes virtuous by acting virtuously. How does one act virtuously? Cicero advised, it is our special duty, that if anyone needs our help, we should give him such help to the utmost of our power. Canfusus said, to be able to practice five things everywhere under heaven constitutes perfect virtue. Gravity, generosity of soul, sincerity, earnestness, and kindness. Although how one practices gravity is less than obvious, the other four requirements need no explanation. John Wesley was even clearer when he said, do all the good you can. By all the means you can. In all the ways you can. In all the places you can. At all the times you can. To all the people you can. As long as ever you can. Now that leaves little room for doubt or negotiation. The message has not changed over the millennia. Dante said, he who sees a need and waits to be asked for help is as unkind as if he had refused it. Gandhi said, we must be the change we wish to see in the world. Is virtue the path to personal joy and fulfillment? Probably not. George Bernard Shaw said, just do what must be done. This may not be happiness, but it is greatness. Why? As George Eliot put it, our deeds determine us as much as we determine our deeds. Remember Aristotle's message, we are what we repeatedly do. The choice is to habitually act rightly or to act wrongly. At that level, it's not much of a choice. The key is remembering that acting virtuously is an essential part of one's ongoing excellence training. Music by Kevin McLeod.